taking care of things right now. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown. Georgia Southern. Pass swings. On the way. It's gone! It is well with my stolen Montgomery! Georgia Southern wins! Hi, welcome to Georgia Southern Extra. I'm Nathan Dominance, and I'm here with my co-host, McLean Baxley. And we have a very special guest, Ethan Joyce from the Winston-Salem Journal. Ethan, you cover Appalachian State, is that correct? Yeah, I do. I've been covering them for about four years now. Okay, so in those four years, have you ever seen a season like this? I, I'm going to say no, but go ahead. What is what has it been like in Boone, North Carolina, this season? Man, it's definitely been wild, and and you know, I think I think we all kind of expected on our different college beats that things were going to be really different this year. It's just kind of unfortunate the way it's unfolded for App State because you had a program that is is on this cliff that it's just really been crushing it lately you had a group of seniors that are are really talented and should go down as some of the best guys to ever play here at app state and then all at once this pandemic happens um and as you guys have watched from afar app state's been kind of hit pretty hard from it the last couple weeks or so they're they're actually finally getting their way to where they could be practicing at the end of the week. Um, but it's obviously it's just been this big ordeal um, of, of the testing numbers and the fact that it kind of shut down practices in the program for the last couple weeks. And I think everybody's dealt with it in their own ways, but here as of late, it's been very interesting to cover the App State football beat. And it's definitely been a little disappointing because I like covering games. You know, I enjoy doing my job. <laughs> so it's un- it's unfortunate. It's been almost like a month. So you you didn't sign up to do medical reports every day, but that's that's the nature of, of sports writing. Um, let me just for people to wonder why why we have the App State beat writer on. We're, we're taping this on Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, October fourteenth. Appalachian State was co- supposed to come to Statesboro to play Georgia Southern on ESPN, big primetime night game, and that's not happening. And uh, we still want to talk to you because we want you to explain to the Georgia Southern listeners exactly how we got to where we are. So yeah, I guess you want to backtrack to the Campbell game of September 26. How many uh, didn't um, did they have some players out, a lot of players out on, on the Mountaineers part? Yeah, so it kind of started it started becoming clear that there was some some positive numbers starting to come out kind of the middle of that week. But then you had this crescendo at the end of that week, the Friday before that game, which was September 26th, where um, App State's chancellor during her, her like board meeting mentioned three active cases in the football program. And then Campbell comes out and says they're halting in-person classes for two weeks. And then the numbers are finally put out that it was – three cases in the program, and one of those cases resulted in the contact tracing of more than 20 people. It was 18 players. It was three full-time assistant coaches. Um, And so, yeah, they were pretty shorthanded for the Campbell game. Now, they were fortunate because they were playing an FCS program, and Campbell's, you know, getting better and better. But um, at the end of the day, App State just kind of, you know, had the talent to kind of combat that. But then that's when it really boomed the next week um, where 
they had 19 active cases pop up. It it led to the postponement of the Louisiana game. They made that decision almost a week before that game was even supposed to be played. And and frankly, the the timeline kind of doomed the Georgia Southern App State game just because you know isolation due to a positive test is a 10-day period. Quarantine because you've been in contact with a positive case is 14 days. So whoever had come into contact with, with some of those new active cases, they weren't going to be able to play the Georgia Southern game just because of the way the calendar laid out. So mm-hmm. it really derailed a lot of stuff for App State, but especially like another installment of a, of a great rivalry in a game that I always enjoy covering every year. Out of the, uh, you know, because I know the the virus and the contact tracing affected beyond just the football program. I know, you know, Georgia Southern and App State were supposed to play in volleyball and that got postponed. And how did, how has it kind of branched out beyond just the football program at App State? Yeah, the volleyball program was, was one of those that I think, you know, they, they had their first case. And, um, you know, my understanding of that decision was that, you know, volleyball is just one of those sports where, like, at some point in time, everybody kind of can get clustered on the ball a little bit if everybody's trying to react with a ball in the air. Um, and so, like, out of good faith, like, you know, I don't know if you could have you, – you, you maybe could have sectioned off the people that came in contact with that positive case, but it was probably the right idea to call that one off as well. I just – I know it's been a really frustrating time for, for that athletics department. You know, the athletics building, the main one, which is attached to the football stadium, has essentially been closed – for everybody as it's been like cleaned and recleaned and trying to sanitize everything. So it's definitely been this big frustration point that's just kind of loomed over the the athletics department the last couple of weeks. And, you know, you're talking about a campus that until this week, the numbers weren't looking very good. They were reporting about 200 active cases a day. Um, you know, those weren't new cases. That was the cumulative cases, but they were hovering right at 200. Um, and, and that number was a, was, a, was a number that forced some other, other schools to, you know, decide to do all on, online learning. So it's just been a wild two weeks. And like Nathan, you mentioned it, like all of the, the data reporting and trying to keep up with viruses and understanding contact tracing. Like I interviewed yeah. the, 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 the head epidemiologist at, at Wake Forest. Baptist Health, and I never would have thought in a million years that I would interview that guy for a story, but it's just been one of those years. Yeah, uh, now we also, am I wrong, but uh, the campus-wide problem, uh, wait, are, do they have classes in person, or is it a hybrid, or is it online only? What's the situation on campus? It's, it's um, like, campus is still open. I think it's, I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but it's kind of open to the professor and what they feel safe with and if they have the capability. But, yeah, I mean, like, they're still doing in-person classes on the campus. So um, and, and it's, been, it's a, been one of those things. Go ahead. Did they have a, um, a student passed away, right? Um, I, I want to make sure I have yeah, that. They had a student die, uh, yeah, they had a student die a few weeks ago, and that was obviously really rattling for, I think, everybody involved on campus. And, like, even myself as somebody that, you know, isn't, isn't – kind of in the campus life but I'm around that university a lot and I never thought that I would see the you know a student death due to COVID right here kind of in my own backyard. I, I think people have a general idea or a very actually very good idea now to address it of what App State has been going through 
and and they probably will come to the conclusion that yeah that georgia southern game on october 14th there just was no way it was going to happen and and so a week ago on, on wednesday uh, on the 7th they announced that the game was not going to happen and that set uh, a whole bunch of other teams and other things in motion correct that uh with that date now open october 14th you have what louisiana and coastal carolina now will take that day uh and be, get the nationally televised game so more power to them georgia southern and and app state are going to play on december 12th and georgia southern you know has suddenly had a, a tw 21 day period of not playing which, which we'll get to in a second what do you uh, uh ethan what do you think just like in your crystal ball what do you think the situations will be for georgia southern and app state instead of playing tomorrow night as we take this what will their situation be December 12th? I mean, it's hard to even think about next week, but that's going to be a week before the championship championship game. And that's a game that App State has been in every year. And I, like you mentioned, the, the deep talent they had with new coach Sean Clark, but a new coach is nothing new at App State. This, he's what, the third new head coach in three seasons? Yeah, I, you know, I think I think that's, that's what kind of is upsetting that it, it, like a side effect of this is that you know, that's a game that, probably sets the course for either one of those programs as far as what they're going to do, at least in their division. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you go back to 2018 where, you know, App State is ranked for the first time and they, they lose to Georgia Southern. And I can remember talking to Carl Benson when he was the commissioner before that game and he was kind of looking at his conference that had three teams that were eventually going to finish with 10 wins or more with App State and Troy and Georgia Southern. And then, you know, even last year where Georgia Southern doesn't match it, it's, it's, uh, it's win total from 2018, but they, I mean, they put a number on app. Um, and I think that's, there's like a double-edged sword to it where like, I, I like the fact that you have a rivalry game that kind of gives you a, a, a good barometer of what the rest of the season and conference is going to look like. But he, now you're talking about a, a weekend where maybe maybe App and Georgia Southern is a game that decides who goes to the to the conference championship. I'm not sure. I think if you're looking at talent pound for pound, App State should be the the, the team out of the, the like this side of the division to go to the championship game. But you're you're talking about a a program that was still trying to kind of get its feelings and get its vibes down for what its offense was going to look like as far as its rhythm. Um, and, you know, the, the Marshall game was not a good showing for them. The Campbell game, you didn't have the ability to try to, you know, get, get some of those guys a little better in sync because you were missing so many of your starting wide receivers and tight ends. And so, you know, that, that's the hard part is that you're, you're almost dealing with another preseason now if you're App State. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's going to take some time to establish that rhythm and get your cardio back up and get more into football shape again. Um, it's, it's just really unfortunate, kind of like I said at the beginning, that, you know, I saw this, this program where it is right now. You're potentially looking at a, at a roster that could have been this golden year roster for App State where finally maybe they break through to that New Year's Six birth. And it looks, it looks like it's going to be a lot harder to achieve than initially thought. After those three games, Ethan, you know, uh, what did you like, you know, COVID aside and, you know, what, what did you notice, you know, in those three games, you know, two and one record, uh, you know, all three to, um, you know, two games against um, group of five games and then the game against FCS Campbell, you know, what did you take away from those three games? 
Well, you know, I saw a defense that had a lot of new starters, but was playing a lot of the same way. Um, I really like watching the App State play defense, and that defense has been you know, one of the more fun things to kind of experience as I've seen it modify with each defensive coordinator that's come through, but it's mainly stayed out of that 3-4 form that has been so successful in Boone. Um, but, yeah, just kind of like I was saying, you know, the, the offense was still trying to find its rhythm, and I think you really kind of saw some of the – some of the areas where it misses a Corey Sutton, the wide receiver who opted out for the 2020 season, because Corey is a fabulous route runner, but he also has that ability to be this big, deep threat. And without that, I think you've had a lot more congestion in, in kind of that wide receiver group for App State. And they've kind of had that issue finding that guy that can, they can get you those big gains like that. Thomas Hennigan is a great wide receiver. Um, he's, he's better kind of in that contact mode and kind of in that mid-range mode. Uh, Malik Williams, their slot receiver, is a, is a guy that I think is so underrated. And, you know, like if you ask anybody that works with the offense and has worked with Malik the last few years, they say that, like, his natural ability to catch a football is almost unmatched. Um, but they were still trying to find that guy who could be that really big, deep play threat and, you know, that wasn't a question they had gotten answered yet. And so I think that's, that's going to be a little bump in the road they're going to have to deal with again as things get to start back up and eventually they get to play in another football game. I'm going to ask both of you guys this question. Is there any advantage to putting this game off uh, to December 12th? We don't know about injuries. We don't know about contact tracing. And, and people may be out for any number of reasons. But was, was this, was this, would this have been a well-timed game for App State to uh, to play Georgia Southern, uh, especially after the last two years where they were nationally ranked and, and lost to Georgia Southern, or do you think uh, playing potentially a week before the the conference championship game that's going to be a better fit for either one of these teams? Um, Georgia Southern, uh, just to remind Ethan, uh, I'm sure you know they played three games so far out of potentially six that were scheduled. Uh, three games so far. And to quote myself, Anna McLean and Shy Wirtz, the head, the, uh, the starting quarterback and the head coach, they're a couple plays away from being three and zero, and a couple plays away from being zero and three. They're two and one, and they're going to take it. But we we really haven't figured out if the identity of this team is established. Uh, you know, they have well known for their running attack, but we really haven't figured out what team's going to show up from week to week. What What do you guys think? Is this whether this has been a uh, the best week for Georgia Southern to play App State or would have been the best week for App State to play Georgia Southern? I think the hard thing about it is um, if we're operating on this same kind of timeline, they still mm-hmm. would have not played the Louisiana game. Um, and I don't know if, if that's a game that snaps them in form or if that's a game where Louisiana maybe takes that next step and, and beats App State for the first time since they've joined mm-hmm. the Sun Belt. Um, I definitely think this plays into everybody's favor when you're playing a game in December and you're talking about the potential of playing, you know, maybe more than a month of just a normal football season again. Um, but I think it, I think it's in favor of app because it's going to allow that lead up regardless. And, and, you know, maybe they're able to kind of figure out 
what their identity can be and how things can move a little smoother down the field on the offensive side of the ball. I, th- I think it's good for, for both teams and it's good for fans. I think a lot of times when people see the schedule, it seems actually, you know, all six years that both teams have been in the Sun Belt, this game's been played on a weeknight. Um, so this will be the first time since since they moved to Sun Belt that it'll be played on a weekend. And so I think, you know, having it be the potential of a, you know, maybe a Sun Belt East championship game uh, between App State and Georgia Southern is going to be just that more much more exciting. And it'll be a Saturday. It'll, um, you know, possibly be the last time you know shy words and uh raymond johnson play in paulson so um it's going to be an exciting event you know granted you know hopefully if if we get to play it you know two months from now hello georgia southern fans this is your producer zach dennis with a quick break in this podcast to tell you a little bit about a digital only offer for you guys if you're a fan of our the savannah morning news you know our savannah morning news is uh georgia southern coverage uh all the coverage of the eagles from mclean and nathan dominance then you will definitely want to check out this deal right now we have a special offer at savannahnow.com digital only offer where you get it's the first month is 99 cents and then after that it's 5.99 a month for complete digital access so that gets you access to the entire savannah morning news and all the stuff that we're doing but specifically it gives you access to all of our georgia southern uh, coverage you know you get the podcast for free but we also have breakdowns of each game, uh, things to look for, player interviews, all that good stuff is available at savannahnow.com sports, and you can get that with this offer. So again, 99 cents for the first month, $5.99 after that, savannahnow.com slash digital only offer. Now back to the podcast. Um, do, do we overstate the importance of, of, of a team playing on ESPN rather than ESPNU or ESPN Plus or none of the above? Uh, when, when, when a game's on ESPN, you have, and it's uh, in, in prime time on a Wednesday or Thursday, it's the only game on, you know, college football wise, pretty much did, did, uh, Georgia Southern's already missed out on two ESPN, um, prime, uh, well, at least the, the major network. Is that something that the, the, the players get more fired up about or the fans or, or, uh, what are we just making too much of that? I don't think the players care as much, at least on the app state side, but it is no doubt like the people inside that athletics department and the people that are thinking about the brand of app state football and, you know, trying to keep that established as a both regional and national recognition. Um, mm-hmm. Those were big losses for app. You know, the Louisiana game was going to be a midweek game right mm-hmm. there that everybody could be able to watch as they're sitting at home. I can't remember the exact kickoff because that feels like years ago, but I know it was like <laughs> eight or eight thirty or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, that was, that was going to be a really big game for app state for Louisiana, for the Sun Belt, And then app is going to turn around and do it again with, with Georgia Southern. So like missing out on that big national chance, that's, I mean, that's really, really unfortunate for, for App State and just the timing of all this because, you know, you, you want to keep eyes on your program. You want to keep your program relevant. And I don't know how else you do that besides getting on when everybody's sitting at home, relaxing for the night and looking for a football game to watch. Right. And, and on the schedule now, you've got App State against Arkansas State in Boone on ESPN on October 22nd. That's a Thursday night. 7.30, is that game supposed to happen based on the last couple of days? I guess everyone's optimistic, right? Yeah, yeah. So Sean Clark on the, on the Sunbelt Coaches teleconference on Monday 
said that, you know, he, he didn't give an exact number, but he said the numbers were looking good to where they thought they were going to be able to start practicing it again by the end of the week. Um, the university has kind of been reporting on cases and as far as clusters go, and they have a number set for football. Um, at the time, like when he talked about it that day, they were down to four. So that's, I mean, that's really good from a health standpoint of the team. You know, I think it just kind of, I think, I think now everybody's going to be able to get through contact tracing in enough time where they shouldn't be so severely down like they were against, against Campbell. But man, I'm just, I'm just praying that I cover a, a ball game next Thursday and there are people in jerseys getting ready to play and I'll figure out who's there and who's not when I'm sitting in the press box. Well, as we speak, as we record this, uh, the university of Florida is going through a, a situation very similar to what app state has gone through, like the same kind of numbers um, but I want to ask both of you guys, and I'll start with McLean, because uh, you guys are a lot closer in age to college students than I am. I'm, I'm a lot older than McLean here. What, uh, when we, we ask these guys every week about how they stay uh, focused and, and when they're practicing, not knowing that the game is being, is being played, or maybe assuming that it's going to be played and then it gets taken away. That's happened to both programs uh, numerous times now. It, do you see uh, just human nature being what it is or, or – I don't want to stereotype an entire generation, but is it hard to, and I think McLean asked uh, Raymond Johnson about exactly this Monday on a conference call. Is it hard to keep doing what you're supposed to be doing when you, you don't know if there's going to be a game and you got other things to worry about like schoolwork and, and other things in life. And, and there's a pandemic going on and uh, McLean talk about the kind of reaction you've gotten to that question. When you've asked players, they seem to be saying the right things. Yeah, I think they're saying the right thing, but I think human nature is that they're definitely disappointed. You know, even, you know, though I've never played college sports, I think, you know, if I know, you know, even just reporting on it, I know on Saturday I've got this to look forward to. You know, my family's going to be there. My friends are going to be there. I'm, I get to do what I love. And then that gets taken away from you and you don't know when. Well, you got another one next Wednesday, but now that's taken away from you. So you don't know, you're not guaranteed anything. Um, so I think human nature, you just have to be disappointed, you know, constantly. Um, but I mean, they said the right things that they, you know, they keep saying, you know, that they're just, you know, focusing on them and focusing on getting better and, and you know, mastering their craft. Um, but I think just human nature, you, there's got to be a little, at least a little bit of disappointment that you don't get to play your rival, you know, mid-October that you don't, you know, get to go to these games. You don't get to host, you know, Florida Atlantic. So, I mean, um, but, but like you said, you know, Raymond, Shy, they're all saying the right thing so far. Is that true? And Ethan, too, is it? I mean, I don't know if they can be as sharp at practice day after day. There's got to be some sort of letdown where they have a bad day of practice, which could happen in a normal year. But have you gotten any kind of sense that, that they've, had, they've been able to have these fantastic practices when they don't even know when their next game is? Yeah, and I mean, I still get to to view practices, and I see guys going out there the the same way every day, and really trying to attack things. I think the telling thing is going to be how they come from this two week break, where it has been so so frustrating. And you know, I think I think all college football players now, to a certain degree, are able to kind of navigate the interviews to make sure they're saying things that aren't you know you know trying to make the the you know the the situation seem worse or like they're not focused or their heart's not in it as much but I think all of us can attest to the fact that it has been really disappointing to navigate this world during the last six or seven months um you know if it's not 
playing in a football game on Saturday. It's missing a birthday party. It's uh, it's missing a, a, an opportunity. Like you know, personally for myself, when the Wisconsin game for App State got got canceled because of the Big Ten's decision to do uh, only conference games, I was really bummed because Wisconsin is a place that I've always wanted to go and, and observe a football game. And the fact that I could do that through work was going to be a really cool deal. Um, yeah. So I, I think my eyes are going to be on those guys kind of these next couple of weeks. And I'm definitely looking forward to talking to these guys about how they've tried to navigate this because it's been a lot of, of, of not being around your football team like you're used to. It's been a lot of working out and, you know, either by yourself or in such small groups that it doesn't feel like a football team workout anymore. So, I, I, I mean – I don't know how you could you act like it wouldn't be um, derailing a little bit, but I'm interested to see how they respond and kind of deal with this adversity. Well, uh, Ethan, you've been a terrific guest, and we hope you can come back um, before the game is actually played. It's scheduled for, for December 12th uh, in Statesboro. I hope you get to make the trip and we get to see you in person. And uh, I hope uh, – uh, uh, for a lot of reasons, I hope everybody is doing very well and the game is played. So uh, really, you, uh, you were a terrific guest. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you guys. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Okay, McLean, we're going to, we're going, we're back and we're, we, let's talk about this week's game against UMass. And uh, you so eloquently wrote up in the Savannah Morning News and SavannahNow.com if people want to check it out about how we got to this point where we had uh, on a Wednesday, they announced Wednesday, the 7th of October, they announced that the October 14th game against App State, the big rivalry game, the game on ESPN on national TV was postponed. Uh, and then they were, uh, Jared Binko, the athletic director was answering questions of what are you going to do now? Are you going to be okay with a 21 day break between October 3rd and October, you know, against ULM and October 24th at Coastal Carolina, basically the hottest team in the conference, um, or are you going to try to find a game by moving one up from later in the year, or are you going to add a 12th game? And uh, there's only so many opponents out there who are free to, to, to show up on October 17th. What, what actually happened? Yeah. So that, that 12th team came in, you know, UMass, the university of Massachusetts, they back in August, they said that they're not, they're an independent team. They're not in any conference in football. So they, uh, made the decision to opt out and not play this season, um, this fall football. And then late September, they opted back in along with the Big Ten and Mountain West and Pac-12. And so since then, um, Ryan Bamford, who's um, UMass's athletic director, has been scrambling and trying to find teams. And, um, you know, Bamford and Banco worked together. They met back in 2016 when Banco was in Mississippi, at Mississippi State, when Mississippi State played at UMass. And uh, so they've known each other since then so Banco gave him a call and and you know Wednesday night rumors start going around and you know we break um you know I broke the story early Thursday right. morning you know around 1 30 um saying that you know UMass was coming to town I was up it becomes official <laughs> yeah it's um it's a it's a 24-hour day sometimes for um for the, some of us or a lot of us and and also for Jared Benko uh he's had a lot to deal with that's probably worth a whole podcast in itself uh, since he got here, I guess, officially uh, April 1st. I don't want to know if officially April Fool's Day was his first day on the payroll at Georgia Southern. But around that week, um, he's had to deal with a lot of things, like a lot of athletic directors because of the pandemic and a new head coach and basket, men's basketball and, and a lot of things. 
that uh, were not of his making, but all, all uh, you know, very straightforward. And he's come through every time. Um, what, uh, what do we know about UMass? And I say that because it really is an open-ended question. We know what, how they did last year in 2019. They played a full schedule like everybody did. And uh, they went 1-11 and under their new coach, Walt Bell. He wasn't the coach when Georgia Southern last played UMass in 2017 and 2018. So looking at tendencies, and this is a story that I wrote that's on savannahnow.com right now, and it'll be in uh, Wednesday's Savannah Morning News. What do we expect out of UMass, and what did the players say Monday? They, they, uh, they had to go off script a little bit. Yeah, I think. I mean, this is the third. I, uh, this is the third time that Georgia Southern is preparing for a team that hasn't played yet. It happened with Campbell. Obviously, neither team had played before. Then it happened when they were preparing preparing for Florida Atlantic, who at the time hadn't played a game, and now with UMass, who hasn't played a game in 2020. So, like you said, they're one and eleven. They have not done well um, since they moved to FBS. Um, but a new a new coach who's very excitable. And, uh, you know, has a great response, you know, and stuff. He's very active on Twitter. He's very, um, you know, player-oriented, very very similar to Lunsford, that he's, you know, all in on making sure that his guys get the recognition they do. You know, they, they had um, a couple guys in the uh, NFL this weekend that shined, and they've been, you know, riding them and supporting them. So very excitable coach, and, and you know, it's a, new, it's a new era for UMass. And like we talked to the players, how as of right now, you know, this is their only, this is UMass's only game on the schedule. So they might not get another game. You know, I know they're hoping for six games um, between now and, and, and uh, New Year's, but um, right now this is their only game. So they're going to give everything they have. You know, uh, we talked about with, you know, Raymond Johnson, defensive end, saying that, you know, they're, they're that UMass is probably going to go for it on fourth down when in a normal schedule where, you know, this game matters for Sunbelt seeding or it matters on your record for a good bowl game, you know, you, you might not go for it on, you know, fourth and seven from your own 50 yard line or whatever. So um, there's going to be a lot more chances taken because similarly to Campbell, who only had four games, you know, they, they're really playing for nothing. The only thing they're playing for is they're getting paid and they're getting, you know, exposure by playing, you know, on ESPNU and, you know, having their guys play against, a, you know, a, a group of five, another group of five teams. So uh, expecting the unexpected, but also preparing for everything because uh, there's no established offense. Really, there's no big time names like you've seen with other players. You know, at Campbell, at least they had, you know, an all conference, um, you know, Hodge Malik Williams name over there and the coach has been there for 10 years. So, um, yeah, so there's, there's really nothing to base off of. And uh, that makes – you know, previewing them hard, but you know, that's, 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 the, that's the nature of 2020. Yeah. We, we should uh, delve into this a little bit. Um, yeah. You could see, and this, there's a touch of this with, with Campbell where, you know, they, they had a chance to go for the tie or go for the win and they're on the road. It's a season opener. They've only got four games uh, because of the whole consequences of, of their, their conference uh, and uh, them deciding to play uh, when nobody else was. So, they uh, they had four games against uh, you know Georgia Southern Wake Forest teams like that and they and um, and App State for instance and they were just going to lay it all out there and they didn't have to hold anything back and these are not just cliches this is true they they could go for it on fourth and long uh, in their own end of the field they they don't even have to bring their punter on the uh, on the bus trip or the the plane trip um, they can uh, they can just go for it and you know what's the, it's like an exhibition game except it actually counts as a regular season game. But in, in, in they'll be playing for pride. They obviously want to win, 
And uh, the word that kept coming up, both from Chad Lunsford, and, uh, the head coach of George Southern, and from Raymond Johnson, the senior defensive end and team captain, was we're looking for trick plays. We're looking for trick plays. So I don't know if they want to call them Statue of Liberty or double reverse or this or that, but they're not going to um, – they're not going to get a very straightforward game, or at least they have to be prepared for that. Now, UMass want, might say, we're going to do what we do best. And if that's, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust, let's do that. But if that's uh, throw the ball on first down and run the ball on, on fourth down, you know, whatever the case may be, they'll, they'll empty out the playbook. And uh, that's, that's not how coaches like it. They like to know how the other team is going to play. They like to know tendencies. They like to know what kind of defensive – schemes they should use to give themselves the best chance to succeed. So it's, it, 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 you know, George Southern, uh, you know, maybe heavily favored, but we also know that they're kind of playing a, a, a wounded animal in a sense. And maybe that's a bad analogy, but a dangerous to quote Chad Lunsford, a dangerous team. Yeah. I mean, they are in you know, is, you know, 28 point favorites. And, uh, but I don't really know where they get that spread from because both of their wins have come, by a total of six points, um, their one loss was a two-point loss to Louisiana. So, you know, they play close games. And so, but, you know, to Georgia Southern's credit, they've had at least one game uh, the past 11 seasons that they've won by at least 30 points. So is that this game? It's probably the best candidate, best, you know, candidate to just to, to win by 30. But, um, you know, it's going to be a home game. It's going to be a game that turns into night very quickly um, as, as a lot of these, you know, four o'clock, five o'clock games do in Statesboro and um, you know, expect a lot of fans um, more so I think than the Campbell game. Uh, Cause that was, you know, weird situation. And, you know, people have been starving in Statesboro for a college football game. We haven't had one in, you know, more than a month. So uh, it, it's going to be a different atmosphere on Saturday. And um, you know, I think, I think George Southern and UMass has to prepare for that. Well, on that note, we should wrap things up. Uh, we Everybody, we really appreciate you listening to the Georgia Southern Extra podcast. We'll be back next week to talk about the UMass game. Of course, we are we are recording this on Tuesday, and the game is, is scheduled for 4 o'clock on Saturday on ESPNU. And uh, it's tickets still available as we speak. Uh, tickets still available uh, for the game. They, they're playing to a limited capacity, so it's not an endless number of tickets. There never is, but... There's just a few left. And so, uh, McLean, I appreciate your time. Thanks for, for hanging out in the Georgia Sun Extra, and we'll, we'll do it again next week. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Adrian Peterson is taking care of things right now. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown. Georgia Southern. Pass swings. 